This episode is brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America, the smart choice for ID implementations. Put citizens in control with Get Mobile ID, fully ISO compliant 18013-5, and surpasses AMVA guidelines. Learn more at getgroupna.com. Welcome to AMVACast, bringing news, information, and expertise to the AMVA community. Here's your host, Ian Grossman. Enjoy the show. Welcome back, everyone. I am very excited this week to chat with this year's Lifetime Achievement in Highway Safety and Motor Vehicle Administration, Millicent Ford. Millicent, welcome to the AMVACast. Thank you. Thank you, Ian. It is great to be here. Um, it's great to have you back in an AMVA meeting. Yes. So uh, you, I think recent retirement is still, you know, a, yes. a good term. When, when was the official retirement from uh, Virginia? De- December, end of December of 21. Okay, so not quite a full a full year no, yet. No, coming up on that full year. Yeah. So uh, by the time of retirement, you were a assistant commissioner yes. at the Virginia DMV. Yes. But your Virginia DMV story goes back to the, the early 90s. Right. But um, since we call it a Lifetime Achievement Award, I want to go back before then. Are you are you a native Virginian? It's oh, always a hard word to say, Virginian. No, no, I'm no. not. Actually, um, I grew up in South Carolina. Okay. Which um, part? Um, a small town called Neesmith, South Carolina. It's mm. about uh, 45 miles south southeast of Florence, South okay. Carolina. Um, we just passed out of the border. Yeah, and oh, that, yeah that's sure. where I get off um, 95. But um, grew up there in a farming community. My dad mm-hmm. farmed, oh. so that was our that was my life. Wow. Farming community, tobacco farm in particular. Wow. So that was my life. Uh, I did um, live for about five years with an aunt in Philadelphia, okay. and then came back um, just before the start of high school, finished up high school in South Carolina. So as a young teenager, you leave the rural farm life uh-huh. for the big city. For Well, not so big. Phil- Philadelphia? Well, uh, yeah, you know. Well, yeah, yeah, that part, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, actually I was in uh, sex- second grade, second grade through, I believe, seventh grade, okay. Philadelphia. Philadelphia. So yeah, it, it was different. It yeah. was quite different. Yeah. Definitely but then you different. go you go back home and finish out high school there. Yeah. And then you know you know uh, you know there are times when you when when you're doing things in your life or, or you know farming life and you don't really see the value or or really what you get out of the mm-hmm. worth of this. So my my uh, mission when I got out of high school was to. Get a, get away from the farm. I didn't okay. want. <laughs> I know. I don't know what I want to do, but I know what I don't want to do. Yeah, yeah. So that you know, uh, to get away. So I went. I I I wanted to go far enough away so that I didn't have to come home on weekends. Okay. So I ended up um, going to University of Vermont in Burlington. Really? Yeah. About, okay. About eighteen miles in a car. Uh, eighteen hours in a car. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So I I didn't go along. Um, two of my best friends went, and you know it wasn't as traumatic as some might think because, um, of course, I I had already been away from home, being in Philadelphia for a while. Yeah. So I was I didn't have that whole, um, you know, uh, concerned about being away from home, homesickness. Sure. Yeah. But had you visited it pre or prior? You went there blindly. Blindly. I had a high school coach, a basketball coach that was from New England. Okay. Area. Uh, Vermont, uh, Rhode Island area, and so. Uh, and what what year is this we're talking? Going up there, seventy five. Seventy five. Seventy five. All right. So, 
having lived in Vermont for a few years myself, uh-huh. uh, we lived in Shelburne, just south uh-huh. of Burlington. Yeah, yeah. Uh, south Carolina uh-huh. to Vermont. Let's talk about that culture shock, oh, and the culture yes. change you oh, went through. Oh my goodness! Oh yeah, it's it, it was amazing. The um, you know just you didn't worry about fashion; you just worried, <laughs> worried about staying warm. Um, you know, it was you know you went outside and. You know, if you shed a tear, it would freeze before it dropped off your face. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah. yeah, dramatic change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you you enjoyed your time yeah, out there. Yeah, I did. What'd you study? Um, I I started off. I, I kind of changed around a little bit, but I ended up with a degree in social work. Okay. Um, social work degree. I I did some, uh, um, you know, back then work study jobs and mm-hmm. you know group homes, and so I got an interest in in that in the helping profession. Yeah. Um, and so I, um, after I graduated, then I went back home, went back to South Carolina. Of course, my dad's still farming (laughs) (laughs) and I worked, um, at a, um, a technical, um, college, um, for a while. And, and then, uh, as a, at a uh, program back then it was called, um, OIC opportunities industrial. I can't even remember. It was OIC. It's um, mainly um, helping people who had been unemployed for a long time mm-hmm. and trying to get back into the oh, into the yeah. workforce. Okay. okay. So I did that for about a year, in addition to farm work on the weekends. Oh, so of okay. course you knew. <laughs> well, if you were living on the farm, you were going to be working on the farm. Yes, that's right. So, so of course you know I said. I, I need to move away. Again. I need to move away. <laughs> um, and so, you know, and, you know, I came from a big family. So my brothers and sisters, this was our, this is our way. My brothers right. and sisters did the same thing. So You're one of how many? Um, I had five brothers and two sisters. Wow, okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, so there's eight of you total. Yes. Um, and so I um, decided I was going to go to to um, grad school mm-hmm. and I had Virginia was I, I'd never really been to Virginia but I always thought mm, Virginia might be a good place to live no real basis for this decision <laughs> but, uh, but I you know decide I applied to grad school so I applied to um, Virginia Commonwealth University and I uh, got accepted there so I got in your two-year master's program oh neat yeah so I um, specialized in uh um, you had to do casework, group work. Um, so I specialized in, in casework and then mental health, mental retardation. Mm. And then near the end, I got to um, I got into this program that was about social work education. So really, when I came to doing my final field placement, it was teaching a course at a college. Oh wow! And so that was really interesting. Um, and so I. Went from there to, I got a, a job uh, working with this school-to-work transition program, mm-hmm. high school-to-work with at-risk high school students. And I did that for about nine years, starting out in the classroom with the, with the um, seniors mm. and then uh, transitioning into kind of program development yeah. uh, and then into supervision. And then the you know being a state funded program the the, pro, the funds started to dry up. Oh, uh, okay. So this uh, is now the mid the mid eighties. Now it's in the mid eighties. And yes. you're uh, where in Virginia are you doing all this? Are you Richmond. in Richmond? You're in Richmond. Uh-huh. Okay. In Richmond, yeah. Okay. Um, and so I uh, now it's uh, like ninety, and I decide you know I I need to um, the the options were to stay on and 
move back into a classroom um, role. Okay. Um, because the were funding of what funds. you were yeah. working on yeah. wasn't going to be there. Yeah, it wasn't going to be there to the extent that it had been. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I decided mm, I didn't really want to do that. And then that's when I, I, I started my first position in state government. Okay. Um, and I started with, the D, with DMV as a driver improvement clinic coordinator. So how does that, here you are, you're on this social work track. Mm-hmm. You've decided you need a different job because yes. you can't do what you're doing and you don't want to go back to that yes. classroom role. Yes. How does the DMV opportunity first hit, hit your radar? I, I, I don't even remember how. I, I think I, I was, at this point, I, 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 had, I had made the decision that I did not want to go back into the classroom. And so right. I was just exploring various try opportunities. Something new. Try something new. Um, and, um, you know, state government... Um, I hadn't really thought about that, um, and and it really was not uh, it clearly in line with uh, a social work major. Although, right. you know, it, over the years, I learned that you know the skills I I developed, you know, in my in my training in the social work field, you know, you can use in any Highly type of transferable. setting. Transferable, sure, yeah, of course, yeah, of definitely course. transferable. But you become a driver improvement coordinator. Do you even yeah. know what that meant when you no, took the job? <laughs> no, no, no. I knew the basics. I mean, back then it was it was uh, basically um, working with um, uh, organizations, private entities that offered the defensive driving courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and so at that time, our DMV did not offer the classes to uh, to to customers ourselves. We contracted out with these with these um, vendors right. or had agreements with them at mm-hmm, least. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we, I worked with them in terms of curriculum, following up on complaints mm. about you know service they received, treatment, um, things that were not above board yep. in terms of their um, service. Um, and then I kind of um, um, <clears throat> from there. I stayed in that position for about a, a, a year, um, and then I moved into a more of a um, program support role in terms of forms development, um, procedures mm. um, to support um, just operations within the DMV. Yeah, and it was mainly um, it was both driver services and vehicle services at okay. that time. And how does that, you know, how does that transition work for you, going from something that was such a uh, tactile, helping people directly touching, and now you're in that more backroom support role? Yeah. Is that something you enjoyed? Did you miss working directly with the public? I, I, I did. I, I enjoyed it because, again, you know, the the at the core of that is working with individuals. You had to, even in forms, development, and procedures, you had to... Um, talk to people, to communicate, to mm-hmm. listen to people about, okay, what they do, what their needs are, yeah. what's working, what's not. Um, and so that, I, I, didn't, I didn't see that as a, a big transition. Okay. You know, over the years, really, I, I realized I probably, I, I wasn't that interested in working in a traditional social work field. Yeah. And so though that that route was was working better for me. Okay. So that you were driving from a coordinator, and now you get this sort of your first promotion into yeah, this first promotion. process role. Yeah. yeah. Um, we're now getting up to the mid nineties. Yeah, we're we're in the mid nineties. By this time, you know, I've had um, my my son, 
Um, shortly after I came to DMV, I had my son, and so by this time, I'm, I'm now in this new... So now you're a working mom. Yeah, support role, and now um, um, I moved from that job into a job um, that is a liaison with the courts. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, we always, uh, the, our relationship, the DMV relationship with the courts was always really very important to us, and we kind of nurtured sure. that. Um, and so... That was my role. Um, if there were any concerns or particular information that needed to be disseminated to the courts, um, we did that. I did that um, in that role. And so that was, um, wow, um, maybe about a year. And about that time, I had my second child, went out on maternity leave. Okay. And, you know, it, it's, you know, you've been out five, six seven approaching eight weeks and now it's time to come back yep. and i got the call it said we're looking forward to having you back but by the way um you're no longer going to be in that job you're going to be in this other job that where you're going to oversee 11 people um who work in the court services unit oh wow um and um that was a unit you were you were a part of in that liaison role kind of not really kind of there was feedback that went back and back and forth between the the two um us um, between me and that unit but really not that didn't have supervisor responsibility for them so you went out to have a baby and they gave you a promotion while you weren't gave me a promotion while i was there you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah so uh and so that was my, there, that was really my first big dipping into supervision. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I, although I had some supervisory responsibilities before coming to DMV, this was like 11 people. And, yeah. You know, their responsibility was to, like, responding to subpoenas for documents from the courts, subpoenas for appearance in court to testify mm-hmm. to DMV mm-hmm. records. That's what they did. Right. Many of them had been there for years and, I mean, long, long time. Um, and so got into that role, um, shortly after that medical review got added to my Mm. plate. Um, and now I have court services and medical review. Um, and then that was my, that, that's when I, um, uh, really got, uh, more closely involved in the driver services side of the house. Okay. Um, uh, medical was... That was a unit that was, uh, the way it was set up was uh, about five employees, clerical employees, um, with the assistance of a part-time retired physician. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was the basis of the medical review, mm-hmm. the staffing for the medical review program. They were entirely paper-based. Mm. You walked in the room and there was a wall of just files. Kind of, if you imagine the doctor's offices, but just huge yeah. files, color-coded files, you know, paper fleas and it, wow. a very antiquated process. Sure. And so that was really my, in, in, with DMV, that was really my first um, experience with really trying to um, transform a process. Okay. Um, and so we over, you know, while the staff, you know, they would complain day in, day in and out, day, day in and day out about, uh, you know, the paper fleas and, oh, how this process is so bad. You know, and I walk in that day and I said, hey, guys, great news. 
you know, we're going to get um, imaging. We're going to start. What? What are we going to do that for? Uh, it was just, and so gradually they right. they warmed up to it. And sure, that's a big, big change. Yeah. And we may hate the way it is. But the only thing we hate more than it is <laughs> is what change. you want to change it to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, so it was. Uh, that was. Uh, they they warmed up to the idea, and and slowly that that whole um, unit and our way of doing things changed. We decided as as those people retired to replace them with. LPNs, and ha and bring more medical uh, medical personnel on staff. Okay. Um, we also hired a um, RN to oversee that, mm -hmm. and then later on, um, I think the the physician um, retired again. So um, that was you know we we just steadily made improvements you know imaging of the records so yep. that they access not paper records but the public you know, file yeah. but pull you know did that we did we started a lot of um, outreach to the medical community mm -hmm. and to customers just to make them aware because you know people you don't imagine that the DMV has a medical review section. Sure. It might make sense, but you don't really imagine that. It's not something you think about yeah. until it applies to you. That's right. You know, you, one day you get a letter out of the blue, and and it starts the process. So that was a big, um, that was a change and an improvement that I'm extremely proud that I could have been a part of. Yeah, yeah. Um, um, and so a after that, um, I transitioned into a uh, deputy director position mm -hmm. on the driver monitoring side. So okay. there was driver licensing and driver monitoring. Like two separate Two uh, separate the, divisions, yeah. a part of driver services. And so that part, um, we always said driver licensing gives, driver monitoring takes away. Okay. So, if you, <laughs> so if you get convictions, suspensions, yeah. um, those kinds of uh, um those kinds of uh, sanctions placed on your driving privileges. Right, having um, to take those licensing yes. actions and yes, right. And that, and and in that role, you know, definitely more direct uh, interaction with courts. Mm. You know, judges trying to understand records, oh, explain yeah. them, and what's on them and why you did. That's you know, a task. I said you should have DMB you to do this, and DMB you went and you did something different. Mm. Why is that? So I I really. While I started out with that liaison role, that was it, it became more intense. Yeah, as I moved into the deputy director and and the and the director um, role, actually one of the things that um, we would have DMV would have transportation judicial transportation safety conferences mm -hmm. every uh, every year, and uh, for general district judges and juvenile judges. And one of the one of the sessions um, evolved uh, that evolved over the years was Ask DMV. Okay. And so that was just an an opportunity for for me to stand before the judges, about 200, 220, 225 judges, to just fire questions at yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. That was oh man that I dreaded that so much, <laughs> you know. One on one, that you was did. one thing. Yeah. But to have them, you know, 
the firing squad. Yes. Yeah. So it, it, it became a, a standard session at the Judicial Conference. Well, then you must year. have handled it well if they kept having you back. Oh, my goodness. It, it, you know, I, um, I, I, I managed to, to, uh, to make some, some, do some upfront work that allowed me to, to, um, to really have more control of the session going in, yeah, you know, rather yeah. than waiting for them to just fire the questions and it could be anything. Um, I, I tried to um, mingle throughout the day, starting at the beginning. We'd always ask them, submit your questions in advance. They yeah, didn't get a whole course, lot. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I would, you know, go around talking to the judges and that would prompt questions. Yep. I would spend all night stay up till midnight the oh, night before geez. the sessions, just doing my research, going through the code book, explaining why is this that you yeah. do this. And then I, I would start with those questions. Yeah. You know, you asked me this, here's the answer. Um, and so that really, um, and, it, and they tended to be a lot of the questions that were, that, that probably would be helpful to all the judges. Sure, so, sure, sure, sure. So we, um, so after I, I did that, um, usually there was about maybe about 15, 20 minutes left for them to continue to, to um, answer the questions. So that was uh, the highlight, yeah. I should say, of my year. Yeah, <laughs> driver control. So how yeah. long were you director of, the, of driver control for? Oh, uh, I would say about, it's fuzzy now, probably no more than three or four years. Okay, so it's a, it a shorter yeah. term in a, yeah. in a role. Because that led to the, the next promotion. Director, yeah. To promotion to director of driver services. Okay. Um, so now at that point you have both the driver licensing and driver control that's right. under one umbrella. That's right. Uh, and so I, you know, do, I, I have to say one of the, one of my um, great mentors along the way was Karen Grimm. Oh, um, sure. You, this, you know, well-known in the... Yeah, yeah. former Lifetime Achievement yeah. Award winner in her own Well-known yeah. in the AMBA community and just a great yeah. mentor. Um, so I, in, in uh, the last couple of jobs that I had, two or three jobs that I had, I reported to her. So uh, I got an opportunity yeah. to learn. Um, she poured into me and just guided me and coached me along the way. And so um, the... Um, yeah, I'm, I'm director of, of driver services, and then um, a few year, years later, um, when um, she was promoted to uh, deputy director, yep. I was promoted to assistant commissioner. Right. Um, then for driver services, vehicle services, and data management. So that That's was a my, big umbrella. Yes, and that was my first real data management a little bit, but some of the... Um, uh, some of the uh, subject matter, not so much, but definitely vehicle services was a new animal for mm -hmm, me. Mm -hmm. Driver and vehicle are totally different. Yes. Um, and so I, I was fortunate to have some, uh, some uh, directors that reported to me and some deputy directors that were very knowledgeable, quick studies, and yeah. just um, made me look good. Yeah. So it, through, that, <laughs> through that journey, I always like to ask, you know, where does... When you first hear the word AMVA, you know, where does that, uh, you know, tie into, into the journey for you? I, I would say when I was deputy director. Okay. Um, and probably a little bit before, definitely by the time I got into medical, because <clears throat> that's when um, that was my first 
experience with Amber in, a, in, a, in conjunction with NHTSA. Okay. Um, because yep. they were doing a lot of research um, related to medical review right. programs right. across the, the country. Yes. Um, and so a lot of uh, in, involvement with them. But that's when I first learned about um, how AMVA um, supports the DMVs. Yep, yep, yep. And the value of that. And, you know, you we could be in Virginia, you know, wrestling with some issue. And, you know, other jurisdictions are wrestling with the same. So it helps us to to really gain some information and insight about possible alternatives to resolve our issue and, right. and you know, what other jurisdictions are doing that, that might be helpful to us. Yeah. And so, you know, and at what point do you start to recognize the nexus? You know, so much about what you do in the DMV and as you even talked uh-huh. about, it was about processes, educating judges and do these these pieces that might on the surface seem um you know like we said before a little behind the curtain uh-huh. back end but there's this direct connection between that effort and highway safety right yeah. so after people were on highway safety yeah. when does that first say to you okay you know and it i would imagine connects back to that reignites that original social work uh-huh. passion right Right, you know, did you expect to find that along the way of the the passion for highway safety and it being kind of a surrogate for what started as, as social work? Not not to put words in your mouth, but I'm I, putting the pieces together I, and it that, sort of I, makes sense to me. I think that that kind of slipped up on me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really do. I mean, I, I I'm going to be helping people where wherever I am, but I I really the I didn't really see early on really the, the the connection between, you know, what my passion was and yeah. this and where, you know, this career was leading me. But but definitely, you know, by the time I got into into um, medical association with medical, right. I really was, was starting to really understand about what we all do here. Right. And the impact of, of that yeah. on lives on a daily basis. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, as you're looking at what's happening now, and I, I asked the same of your, your fellow award winner, uh-huh. uh, Major Cox, you know, after this, this career and now enjoying retirement and uh, all the accomplishments and the progress we've made, and yet the fatality numbers are, are going the wrong direction. Yeah. You know, you know what? If you were still in the trenches at the DMV, um, how might you be tackling that what might you, you know you look like i mean here we are we've got vehicles are safer than ever um we've got infrastructure that's improved uh, we have better data being shared we have better you know processes in place to take licensing actions um and yet this challenge just gets harder and harder um, with numbers going up yeah i mean i think i think covid had a had a lot to do with that yeah our focus kind of we we got kind of maybe sidetracked for a while focusing mm-hmm. on this covid thing meanwhile meanwhile um you know for example the driving behavior i i know personally the driving behavior has been mm-hmm. just horrendous the things you see on the highway you know just you know the 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 i guess one of the last experiences i had was driving to church one morning on 95 yeah i'm in the slow lane riding behind a, a tractor trailer and a car passes me and the tractor trailer on the shoulder. Mm. On the shoulder, no less. On the shoulder. Uh, you know, and so I, you know, you start, for me, I start thinking, okay, what's going on here? Is this just, 
a, a, a person who just has total disregard for safety, just mm. clueless? Is there something, some type of impairment in judgment in mm-hmm. whatever the case may be? I start thinking in those terms. And right. so I think that you have to um, kind of reinforce and, and, and refocus on those things that you know are important mm-hmm. to impact the safety of drivers um, and, and vehicles. If vehicles are getting safer, then maybe it's the drivers who yeah, are driving them. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think it's just an opportunity to, to, um, to reemphasize those, those basic things that you're doing and 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 possibly focusing on new ways to get the message out to yeah yeah to um to folks and what you know and as you look back on your career at the virginia dmv you clearly one of the things it sounds like you were proud about was you know building connections with the the courts uh changing some processes any other big highlights that you know yeah i, I helped make that that happen yeah. and the place is different because i was there I think um, one of the things that I'm happy about is just um, the relationships. Mm-hmm. I mean, the relationship, you, you can't really do any, uh, uh, most times, a lot by yourself. You, you need other sure. individuals, other organizations. And so one of the, the um, strong partnerships that, that um, we had was with the um, Commission on VASAP. Mm-hmm. Um, and working with them to, to uh, make sure that um, uh, we're both familiar with our processes that we work together in trying to um, to uh, address um, what happens when a person is convicted of DUI and those related requirements that come with that VASAP completion, ignition, interlock. Um, the I guess the the other thing is just the 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 uh, strong partnership with the courts, yeah, um, and just making sure that they understand. Um, one of the big things that you know that I focused on was just them understanding DMV's role compared to their role. You know, mm-hmm. there there are laws in Virginia, at least, are you know direct. Or, or allow the courts to do certain things, but there are times when it directs DMV to do something, and it might be different than what the court or So managing mm-hmm. that whole um, relationship and helping them to understand that, I think, was, um, was, was critical and has allowed us to, to, to limit the confusion. Um, I guess the other thing that I'm proud of is... Um, um, legislation-wise, mm-hmm. um, they are, you know, we have, we're one of those states that has a General Assembly session every right. year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is, um, we, I know Rick, Rick has been a, um, a key key um, uh, representative as it relates to that, to making sure that we are, um, that legislators understand our processes um, in our the service that we provide, and and just uh, having communication, you know, when when legislators are attempting to introduce um, new legislation, having so that they understand the impact of what they're introducing, mm-hmm. what we do, and the impact of what they're introducing. And so, one of my responsibilities in that was 
to uh, represent DMV in the courts of justice committee. Right. In the House on the Senate side. And so that was whenever they met. That, you were there. I was there. That's right. <laughs> and so, again, much like the role with the courts, it's just information. Right. Um, sometimes yeah. presenting on uh, our DMV's position um, regarding uh, proposed legislation, but, but sometimes just responding to questions, you know, listening to the discussion and, you know, commenting um, when asked to regarding something I might hear that's right. not not, not quite correct. correct. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, provide that technical expertise to yeah. make sure they don't go down a road of yeah. unintended consequences. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so retirement. How's retirement been? Retirement is great. <laughs> um, it is great. You um, strongly recommend it. <laughs> I do. I do strongly. Recommend it. I I keep. I I have. I'm I'm not sitting around twiddling my thumbs. I have certain things. Um, I have on my schedule to do. Um. Lots of projects around the house, of course. There are always yeah. those. But um, just, you know, the flexibility to go, you know, when, you know, to when, when you're needed in different places. Sure. Right now I have a 98-year-old aunt who, who um, I, I, I try to spend more and more time mm. with. Um, so, uh, the, it, yes, it's quite busy. Yeah. Gardening was on, on – uh, one of the big things that I spent my time doing. Yeah, and I think you, you mentioned along the way because we talked about maternity leave. You have well, the one one child, or where there's I have two. You're two. So there was a yeah. second maternity leave. We yeah. You didn't get promoted while you were out, but it was yeah, you that's have right. two. Yeah. Well, I came in with the first. My son, uh, um, he's married and he's in a PhD program in uh, at Georgia Tech, and then my daughter, um, uh, she is. Uh, working with um, Deloitte full-time and doing well. And I, I have to say, I don't have any grandchildren, but I do have a grand fur. A grand fur? Okay, okay. A grand fur. Mercy. When you say I don't have any grandchildren yet. Yet, that's right. That's right. That's right. But, yes, I am I am definitely enjoying um, retirement. Wonderful. Well, yep. Wilson, thanks for spending all the time with me today. Congratulations Thank again you. on the award, the career, retirement, and oh, this yeah so well-deserved chapter of doing what you want to do on, yeah. on your own time yeah. um, when you want to do it. Thank and, you so and, much. And no visits back to the farm, huh? Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, let me circle back on that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, you know, the farm, you, you know, you, 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 sometimes it takes a while for you to really, for things to click to see, okay, the value of that in your life and how yeah. that contributed to how, how um, you develop and, and what your values are. And, you know, I'm, I'm a strong proponent of, of hard work, yeah. doing your best. Um, and so that's, that's something that was drilled into us on the farm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's physical labor and, there's, uh, and then there's more mental uh, labor. But, you know, sometimes the physical labor is good to clear your mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hard, but you know, I, it's hard work. It doesn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and that's what I learned. That's great. Yeah. Is the farm still in the family, or is um, it, uh... farm is still in the family? Um, we don't farm tobacco anymore now. Yeah. We just have cows. So all right. So uh, yeah. so maybe we'll still get you back down there once in a while, just for the fun of it. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. We I mean we I, I go back um, from time to time. Sure. Um, most of my um, siblings um, live down, still there, down there. So, area. Yeah, that's fabulous. So, but, but it's farm life served me well. Yeah, we've yeah. heard that theme before. Yeah. Excellent. Well. 
Thank you again for being here. Congratulations on all of your well-deserved recognition. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you all for being with us this week. Thanks to our producers, Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin. Till next week, everyone, stay well. Thank you for joining us for AmbaCast, hosted by Ian Grossman, produced by Claire Jeffrey and Chelsea Hadwin, music by Gibson Arthur. This episode was brought to you by Get Mobile ID by Get Group North America. Visit us at amvacast.podbean.com and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. 